Welcome, everyone. It's the Texas Values Radio Show, where we don't make the rules. We just report the truth, medical freedom, and parental rights. The Texas legislature is in session, and today we'll be discussing what plans they have for our future. We're happy you joined us today. I'm Jonathan Covey, Policy Director for Texas Values, filling in for Jonathan Signs today on the Texas Values Report. And we have a very special show lined up for you today with a special guest and a couple of very hot topics in the current Texas legislature. But before we get to that, and just as a reminder, you can catch us every week on this station ktxw 1120 the bridge or 100.7 fm the word or you can watch us on demand on facebook any day of the week also if you just got to find out what we're doing anything we've talked about we have tons of great information on our website at txvalues.org and you can stay up on breaking news and information uh, through our text alerts by texting txvalues to 797979 our guest today is Jackie Schlegel, Executive Director of Texans for uh, Medical Freedom. Jackie, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here and give you an update on what we're working on. Thank you. We, we are excited as well. And um, it's a great day to talk about medical freedom because so many uh, good things have been have been happening lately. Where do we start? Let's let's start a little bit by uh, you telling us about yourself and some of your background and what got you uh, into leading on the issue of medical freedom. You know, you are so right, though. It is a great day to talk about medical freedom. And it's one of those issues that are on the hearts and minds of so many people, especially as we're kind of on the, the other end of COVID, right? Like, what did we learn through the last few years and how has this impacted? I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I do not encounter an individual whose life has been affected by the issue of medical freedom. And for me personally, this actually started long before COVID. Um, I started just as a mom, as a parent. I love to share this story because I think so many people can relate to it. But it started 22 years ago. Um, when I gave birth to my firstborn child, and I was making these medical decisions for her that many of us uh, do as parents, but didn't put a ton of thought into it. And I, you know, comes down to a very real experience that we had um, with a vaccine injury that changed the course of our life. At the end of the day, um, we had this vaccine injury. It launched me into this world that I really didn't know existed. And it paved the groundwork for now my work with Texans for Medical Freedom. For us at Texans for Medical Freedom, what we really stand for are even those basic principles that I've carried as, throughout my advocacy the last 20 years, which is informed consent which is your right to make medical decisions with your chosen medical provider. And ultimately, especially when it comes down to products such as vaccines that we are injecting into your body, we believe ultimately that that should be your choice and that the government um, or even you know, these widespread mandates we've seen that, that that violates your right to informed consent. We believe ultimately 
you should have the choice in those medical decisions. So it's a very personal um, journey for me. It's a very personal story that launched me. But here I am 20 years later, uh, eight years after I started my official advocacy. And I'm just so excited that this is on the hearts and minds of so many Texans. And we have the ability really to advance policy to protect our rights. No, I, I mean, I think we're we're all very excited about that and seeing that, you know, and, and dealing with some of the things that we dealt with uh, during the pandemic as well. This has just become a highly relevant issue. Um, so I have to ask you, um, you know, you, ha you hear people uh, talk about different things, but your organization, are you anti-vaccine? <laughs> Absolutely not. Unequivocally, no. Um, as a matter of fact, many of our members are vaccinated. We actually have legislators at the Capitol who have filed bills for us on our behalf to protect our rights. And that's something we can all agree upon. At the end of the day, we just want to make sure that that right is never ever taken away from you. And so if you believe that you and your chosen medical provider are the best person to make those decisions for yourself, then you definitely um, are on board with the mission of Texans for Medical Freedom. Well, let me, let's talk about medical providers because you mentioned that, um, you know, if, if people are interested in finding out more and finding out about medical providers that that believe in medical freedom, how, how would they do that? And wh what would they, where would they go? You know, th that is a very good question. And typically for us, where we see the most pushback is from pediatricians. And so that can be a little bit more difficult to navigate. As you reach into adult and family practices, we don't tend to see kind of that hard line of the sand where we're kicking patients, you know, out of practices because they choose not to get a vaccine. So for anybody who's really struggling with the pediatrician, I would say look for a family doctor um, and then talk to other families in your church, in your communities. You would be really surprised at how many people um, are really looking for those medical freedom providers. Again, not somebody who says we're anti-vaccine or we, we don't vaccinate, but somebody says, you know what, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to give you the risk. I'm going to give you the benefits. But ultimately, you are the parent, you are the individual, you get to make that choice for yourself. And that's the basis of informed consent. And that is happening all across Texas in doctor's offices on many medical procedures. So vaccination should just be one of them. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny too, because I, I think you're right, kind of looking at uh, pediatricians versus, um, versus doctors for adults. You look at, um, you know, just having more problems in, in some aspects with that. Uh, my wife and I have a seven-month-old baby, and we have a great pediatrician, but not everyone is blessed with that situation. And, um, and, and it seems like uh, if you look, you know, you look in your church, you look in your community, you can find those pediatricians that really understand the basis of informed consent. Well, um, in Texas, we have some laws that protect us. Um, talk a little bit about currently what what we have um, in Texas law, and then we'll go into what the Texas legislature is working on. 
Sure. So historically on this issue, I think really prior to 2015, um, Texas was just kind of smooth sailing. You know, we have requirements for school age children, but there's also religious and um, philosophical exemptions as well as medical to exclude your child for or to exclude them bringing a vaccine maybe that goes against your religious or um, philosophical beliefs. And that had really been the standard in place. And then what happened in 2015 that we saw California had lost their uh, uh, religious and philosophical exemptions, and they went only medical. And that really started this wave of school age mandates across the nation. Fortunately, here in Texas, we were able to fight back. That's actually when I got involved in the legislature. And um, Texas elected officials agree with us that here in Texas, we value parental rights. We value your right to make these medical decisions for you and your child. And we pushed back against that. But COVID opened up a whole different world of, you know, uh, mandates that came our way. And last legislative session, the two big things that were really front and center were vaccine passports and employee mandates. I'm so proud of the work we were able to do in working with our elected officials to ban vaccine passports in the state of Texas. Many individuals were wholly unaware, like cities like Austin were, were literally implementing these programs where you could not go to a restaurant or a grocery store if you did not show your shop record for COVID-19 vaccine. As you know, this was a new vaccine. It was rushed to market. There was a lot of you know debate on the safety and the efficacy. And while many millions of Americans lined up to get this vaccine, there were a group of individuals that said, you know, I want to hold off. I want to wait. I want to see, you know, what the science is going to show a little bit later on down the road. And so it was incredibly important to us that we draw a hard line in the sand and we say access to your community is not based on vaccination status. And Texas elected officials agreed with that. And, and the ban on vaccine uh, passports was um, signed into law. Unfortunately, where we came up short was this issue on employer mandates. It was, uh, to be fair, two years ago, we really didn't have a good state to look after. Um, it was the vaccine had just come out. We were just seeing the mandates. And despite that regular session and three special sessions, we had no comprehensive ban on employee mandates in the state of Texas. So we knew coming into this legislative session, although we would have numerous bills that will tackle various different medical freedom issues, such as your privacy, informed consent, the number one issue that we were going to uh, really advocate for is this right to opt out of the COVID-19 vaccine um, for religious or medical 
conjure indications. We actually even have a bill that explicitly states that if your employer has mandated it, but you have immunity, um, you know, natural, that that would be accepted as an exclusion from the COVID-19 vaccine requirement. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking with Jackie Slagle. She's the executive director of Texans for Medical Freedom. If you, uh, if you find value in the work that we're doing, consider going to our website at txvalues.org, uh, making a donation. None of the work that we do is possible, including this radio show, uh, without your support and faithfully giving. Uh, Jackie, so we know a little bit now about what uh, Texas currently has in law and what you were looking forward to. So we had uh, quite a big week at the Texas uh, legislature on medical freedom and some things going on there. Tell us a little bit about that. And I think you testified, right? I did. I testified on, on several bills. We have five priority bills. Three were heard in the House. Two were heard in the Senate. So it was a really busy week. But I think the one I want to highlight, because we talked a lot about this employer mandate issue, um, but our number one priority bill, this legislative session that was not on the radar two years ago that I'm excited about this go around, is a transparency and accountability of COVID-19 vaccines study. Um, we have been incredibly blessed that Chairman Burroughs in the House and Senator Springer in the Senate um, have filed this legislation. And basically it's quite simple. We feel that Texas has a duty to step up and give us the answers where the federal government has failed. We know that they have failed. All throughout this pandemic, there have been flip-flopping uh, recommendations from masks to vaccines and how this, uh, the vaccine, you know, is, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? I mean, there have just been so many mixed messages thrown our way. And now that this vaccine has been distributed to millions and millions of Texans, we want to know. Uh, is it safe? Is it effective? What did the manufacturer know about the vaccine before they pushed it um, out on the market? You know, Texas, Texas as a state has spent enormous resources to get this vaccine into as many Texans as possible. And from our reports and from what many of the elected officials can tell, many of those people who took the vaccine still got COVID. Yet here we are and many um the recommendations are still to not only get your primary series, but get boosted as well. It's long overdue that Texas uses our resources, uses our departments to dive deep into the data and tell us, are these vaccines safe? Are they effective? And what did they know about this before they pushed it out to Texas? So that is our number one priority this legislative well, and, session. And, and I think that's fair, right? Because, I mean, you look at, um, you know, big pharma, you look at um, vaccine manufacturers, they're some of the only people out there, <clears throat> the only entities that don't get held liable for 
uh, the products that they produce, right? I mean, anyone And else? I think that was shocking to people, right? A lot of individuals did not know that prior to COVID. And this used to be a really fun part of my presentation prior to COVID, where I could pull out my shot schedule and I could put the history of vaccines. And in 1986, I could put this, you know, star in this line in the sand that says, this is where we passed the law that shields manufacturers from liability and the whole room would go silent and everyone would just be, you know, so they just could not believe this. And now, of course, uh, with COVID, most people now are aware that unfortunately, the manufacturer is not liable for this product they they put out. And as a consumer, if you do have a problem with this vaccine, the, you know, recourse and your ability then to uh, get resources that can help you recover or heal are next to nothing. Right. Yeah. You have very little, very little, if any, recourse at all. Um, and and oftentimes people are just kind of left with their with their injuries, and and that's not fair, and that's not. Uh, it, that's not Texas values either. Yeah. So. And it, it's something that you have to weigh heavily, right? There were certain high-risk populations that maybe felt like the benefits outweighed the risk. But, you know, we just added this booster. I think we're up to four doses. It, it changes so often to have a hard time keeping right. up. Um, but I think it was about a week or two ago, they added a fourth booster to ages six months to five years old. These are kids who really weren't at risk for significant illness or complications if they got COVID. And so I think it's a real hard check for parents to just step back and just say, you know, we really do want to look at the research. We want to look at the data. We want to make sure that um, our kids who really aren't at risk of having complications for COVID, this is the best decision to vaccinate them or not. Well, I think you're doing some great work. We appreciate it. Um, is there anything else that you might want to share with our listeners? You know, I just, I see you guys at the Capitol. We're all there every single day. We're working very, very hard. And so I'm incredibly appreciative of the work you guys are doing um, because of course, you know, medical freedom falls in line with a Texas value to your point that you have said several times, but you guys are doing great work. We're proud to be there alongside of you doing our various different bills. And I would encourage any of your um, supporters, followers to go to texansformedicalfreedom.org, learn more about our organization. And if you fall in line with your right to make these medical decisions for yourself, such as vaccination, then we definitely would love for you to follow our work, especially these next few weeks of legislative session. Jackie, thank you for joining us. It's always great to have you on the program. We'll look forward to having you back soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate. Thank you Thanks so much. Well, medical freedom is just one of many issues the Texas legislature is considering this session. Another is the issue of parental rights and at Texas values. That includes uh, the nexus between parental rights and transparency and protecting children from obscene and pornographic materials in public school libraries. And the first leg of this nexus 
is um, is obscenities. This this topic is sizzling. It's hot across the nation. Texas uh, Texas Values has supported um, a bill in the Texas legislature earlier this week from Representative Jared Patterson to make sure that not only are library materials rated and restricted based on explicit content, but also that you know parents. Um, have absolute authority to determine whether their kids have access to any kind of content that the school district may make available for them. And then the other leg of this nexus is uh, that parents need to have the freedom to go where they want and to educate their children according to their ideology and their beliefs. This isn't a novel idea, at least it shouldn't be. Our, our entire economic system is built upon uh, supply and demand and performance. And, and finally, we're seeing something remarkable. We're seeing parents from just all across the political spectrum advance the notion that they should be in charge of their children's education, their children's upbringing, their children's care. And this is, this is not just a Republican issue or even a Christian issue. This is something that parents all across the board want. They may have different stories um, or different views on how to raise their children, but we respect this and we advance it because we want to legally protect it here in the country. And the disconnect, I think, is that parents themselves are increasingly noticing um, the, the lack of attention, the disconnect between the values that they wish to teach their children and what's being promoted in their children's schools. You know, schools in small towns um, in Texas used to be a natural extension of the families in those communities, but increasingly the federal government, they, they dictate to all public schools, you know, not only what pronouns people should be called, but what bathrooms uh, they use as well and what sports teams they play on. Small town uh, Texans have really seen these kind of woke changes in policy and they worry about their local public schools and they worry that their local public schools no longer really belong to them or really are, have the best interests of their children in mind. Additionally, more and more public school administrators and teachers, even in, even in rural Texas, are adopting the posture that they know better than parents as to what values kids should be taught. As a result of this, families are starting to demand more school choices to find uh, better private options uh, if their public schools are going to push values that are antithetical to what to the values that they're trying to teach their children. So the the, the Texas Senate uh, Committee on Education this past week, um, just yesterday, actually held a hearing where nearly 400 people testified. Uh, including our policy team, on a number of bills asserting not only parental choice, but uh, a parental bill of rights. Uh, and the difference um, is that the parental bill of rights in this case, in, uh, which was Senate Bill 8, not only ensures that funding follows the students, not the systems, but it also, it also props up parental rights across the board. School districts are prohibited from withholding information from children's parents, something they do all the time, and are required to receive parental consent whenever um, they, they have any administration of a medical, a psychiatric, a psychological uh, treatment or test. 
Uh, parents are also given the right to request reviews of all the curriculum and all the material, instructional materials uh, and lessons to verify that it's age appropriate for their children um, on grade and on grade level. And then uh, instruction concerning sexual orientation and gender identity, which something, as you know, that Texas Values has opposed from the very beginning, is prohibited on all grade levels. This is this is something that almost everyone across the board should get behind. Governor Abbott has made it an emergency item this session. 88% of Texas Republicans uh, in the primary supported the concept of this on the ballot, which is up 9% uh, from the last time this question was asked in 2018. Uh, so for far too long, the only ones represented in education were adults. But now kids, they have a union of their own, and that union, union is called their parents. Uh, Vody Bauckham said it best. He said, we cannot continue to send our children to Caesar and, for their education and be surprised when they come home as Romans. Well, we are, we are coming to the end of our show, but we are, as always, we're thankful to our faithful listeners and supporters uh, and say that if you find value in the work that we're doing, you can make a donation by going to our website at txvalues.org. Um, we're also looking for um, people to participate in the legislative session. So if you're interested in uh, knowing uh, what goes on uh, at the legislative session during public hearings, you can contact our team uh, at info at txvalues.org. And as always, if you want more information about the work that we're doing, you can visit us um, on a number of different new microsites that we have. One, savewomensportstexas.com. Uh, and remember, government belongs to those who show up. Uh, here at De Texas Values, we're dedicated to being your voice in the government, your boots on the ground for conservative social issues, and the leading group on faith, family, and freedom in Texas. We want to thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week right here on the Texas Values Report.